On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, what's the big deal with running your phone on a computer? Is that really the next big thing? Besides Qualcomm and Samsung, who else is jumping on this trend? And what pros and cons can we see coming down the line? So right out the gate, let's take uh, a comment from our old friend, Michael Brown. He says, I just can't wait until the day when we can carry an iPad like a foldable device that quadruples as a smartphone, tablet, laptop, and desktop. That is a very lofty wish and an all-in-one incumbent. So, yeah, let's not hold our breath on that one. Yeah, uh, but he- like that's the that's the big dream, I think, that like the tech industry has been talking about for a long time. As far as like the the one device to rule them all, and like these concepts, careful there, I Sauron. Feel, sorry, go ahead. I said, careful there, Sauron. No, oh, yeah, all right. But I, but either way, <laughs> these these devices try to get you a little bit closer to that, or at yeah, least try I mean, to give you that experience. Like that's what you were talking about with Dex, where like you have the phone, but then you plug it into the to the thing, and now you've got more of a laptop experience. You've got a bigger screen. Right. I mean, like granted, you do need to plug it into something. So I guess it's still multiple devices. Right, and the, and you know the thing with. Uh the book S also we didn't mention was there was a collaboration with windows mm-hmm. on this. Um, and part of that was the, your phone app that they've, they've had for a while. Um, but it basically allows you to get notifications, make phone calls with the laptop, um, with the galaxy book S in this case. Um, so you can, uh, you know, connect your phone and yeah. your laptop and you're still kind of working in the same, you're, you know, it is sort of that merging of devices, but you still, like you said, two devices. Well, it's also so, some of these features that you're describing are very similar to what you can also already do in like the Apple ecosystem. Right, exactly. So they're clearly trying to compete with that. I did mean to ask you about this earlier is, is that some of these concepts are very similar in my mind to like Intel Core M which came out a couple of years ago and was in the MacBook 12 inch, which I remember the reviews on that were like, hey, this is a really nice device. It's really thin, but it's also kind of sluggish. So are we kind of talking about something fairly similar there? Um, I would hope that the Qualcomm is a little bit better than the Intel um, version. Because they've had more years to improve the technology. Um, But yeah, the idea is the same. It's basically a lower powered chip to try and power get give you enough battery life to get you through the day and just enough power to you know let you work in the cloud mm. like a chromebook we mentioned chromebooks chromebooks yeah chromebooks Which are, are much cheaper yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so again it's going to be about this always on nature of the laptop that may get um, more of a following. Of course, that comes with a data plan. It's not like yeah. always on is free. I, I can tell you that I don't really use my laptop for that kind of thing. But at the same time, if I had that as a feature, maybe I would start, you know, treating my laptop a little bit differently or treating it a little bit more like a phone because like, I guess I do have to do work on the, was, like on my commute. I was going to say, often. we both have similarly lengthy commutes in yes. the city. So, um, from from the great state of New Jersey, right? Um, so it's easy enough um, with these devices, and I've, I've done it myself um, with the past uh, Qualcomm ones. Is that you just open it up and you start working? You don't have yeah, to worry about nice. like right now. And everybody's be like, oh, you know, you can tether to your phone. Yeah, I do it, that right now. Right, I usually really like if I have a Josh. pocket, like I'll put, I'll tether it. Like I'll put my phone in my pocket and have a tether string. 
go directly uh, to, to my laptop. You do that I, I look like an Android. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I want to get to more questions. Yeah, BBG, sorry. Uh, who else is uh, on the horn? Sure. Uh, who is the Galaxy Book S exactly marketed towards? That's a really good question. <laughs> we don't know yet. It hasn't come out. Somebody who's got deep pockets and likes new toys. <laughs> yes, of course. But like, is it kind of the commuter crowd? It is. Yeah, I, it is definitely aimed because it's it, it's still low power. So I mean, low power both in you know in performance mm-hmm. and usage. So I mean, the idea is that you're looking for um, what do you? Uh, gig workers, you know, those type of people who who need an always-on connection, who are just going to sit are, down. But are not doing, like, heavy video editing. Right, and right. And they're, they're not doing, like, the big processing that yeah, you would no, need this from is a more not, robust laptop. Although it's supposed to have, you know, like, I, I forget what the numbers were, 80% better video perform, you know, graphics performance. I'm then, so impressed with that number. Yeah, I don't remember. But the thing was, was it was bad to begin with. So making it better is good, but still it's not going to be fantastic. Um, and that's everything really. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've gotten super deep all of a sudden during yeah. the podcast and I don't mind. I don't More know. I guess the answer is that, uh, is that it's for people who need to work on the spot from yeah. anywhere, so. which, which makes sense. I like the gig economy, uh, response. I'm in a similar conundrum here because, you know, I, I do a lot of video and audio editing work, but I'm doing most of it here at the office where I have access to a number of desktops that are well suited for those sorts of things. Uh, but as far as like doing that kind of job freelance or from home, I'm not doing that as much as I used to anymore. And I'm direly overdue for a new laptop. I'm still running a MacBook Pro from like 2011 or 2012. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly on the fence like, what do I really need? Uh, 90% of what I do is like Amazon shopping and sending emails and t- tweeting. So like, should I just bite the bullet and get something a little more price friendly, travel friendly? Um, I don't know. Help me out. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, there's I mean, a lot of laptops you can get for a thousand bucks. There are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, or an iPad Pro or a Galaxy, uh, I forget what, S6. Sorry. S6. Galaxy, yeah. Galaxy, Galaxy Tab S6, oh, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. announced the week before. Um, so, you know, same, same idea. You can do a lot with, uh, these days with just a tablet or, uh, an inexpensive laptop. Um, but it's like 10% of the time when you need, uh, you know, video graphics or you want a game or anything, any sort of heavy lifting, I don't know, you, you going to need something perhaps bigger or more expensive. So yeah, you do want to like future proof it. Also, uh, just so people know what like this cohort of, you know, phone processor PCs include, it's uh, the HP Envy X2 is one of them. The Asus Nova Go is another one. So and and I think both of those came out last year. Yeah. And so Lenovo a- had a C630 and a Mix 630, which, again, were running on the same yeah. Qualcomm platform. Well, people so. love battery life talking points. So I can totally see like when, when Samsung talked this up last week, there were 23 hours. Sounds like a really big number. But yeah, yeah like those caveats as far as like the processing power and also the fact that it isn't streaming. Yeah. It starts to make you realize that you got to peel back the onion a little bit to realize what it is that you're actually buying. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, again, you're still going to get your you'll get good performance. I mean, it's not like it's a paperweight. 
but it's still not going to be like, although they're saying they've compared this new processor to a Core i5. Now, I'm not sure which Core i5 they were comparing it to exactly. From the 1980s. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know that they went back that far, but yeah. I, so who knows what the, um, what the actual performance is of this yet. So Right. Um, and so out. some of those lab, um sorry, some of those tablets that you were mentioning. Yeah. Those have Intel processors, right? Um like I the, mean the t- Windows ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like you're, it's if another you're talking like a surface or anything like that. Yeah. Sure. Sorry. I was thinking the the what is it? The Tab S6 oh, and, no, the, that, and the iPad. Um maybe well, the iPad don't. doesn't have Intel in it. It's got okay. Apple stuff in it. Oh. Oh. Right, of course. I'm an idiot. Okay, more questions before I say something else that's stupid. More questions from Imagine Soggy. I don't get why plugging in the phone into a Mac or a Windows computer is such a big deal. Why is this the next big thing? Uh, I agree with you. Sorry, I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> oh, that's I, good. Um, yeah, no, I don't get why it's such a big thing. I The ability to have a desktop interface with an Android tablet is really nice or have it with a phone. Um, but I don't know why you, why you would want to necessarily, I haven't used it yet on a, with a tab, with a, sorry, with a laptop running windows or Mac. So I, I'm not sure what the actual feel or advantage is of there. It's one of those things maybe you have to use before you figure it out. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think Imagine Sagi was probably uh, pointing to the fact, I'm assuming, uh, to the fact that people use a lot of stuff in the cloud anyway. So if I've got all my stuff on Google Docs, does it really matter that I can plug my phone in directly to a laptop? Right. Because I can access it on both devices anyway. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I yeah. I've. I've again. I understand it. Dex. Uh, from a standpoint of plugging into a larger monitor and adding a keyboard and mouse and like treating your phone as a computer because they, they are at this point. So, sure. Um, so I get that part. I don't get so much the plugging into the laptop part. Yeah. Um, which is I, I don't know part. if it's as much as the next big thing, as much as it is the industry is just telling it's a next thing. I don't know a lot of people in the consumer level who are all that excited about it. Like, oh, it's cool. Sure. Why yeah, not? Right. Moving on. No, I mean, and when I initially saw like the rumors of the Galaxy Book S, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's like the uh, next dock, which is a sort of a docking station for your phone. That's a it's a screen and a keyboard, mm. no processor. And you plug your Samsung I've device into it and yeah. it gives you the you know, the, that experience, the Dex experience, but it's on a keyboard and lap, or, you know, it's on a laptop. So, um, yeah, it's still, it's still another thing to cart around. And I, I know this is more like sci-fi than what actually exists right now. Cause yeah. we can't even get folding phones. Right. Um, <laughs> but Samsung has worked on the concept of stretchable displays and, um, the idea of stretching out a phone to turn it into a laptop or a tablet it is an idea that's at least being considered. I don't expect it would come out anytime soon. Again, because foldable phones, we've just gotten there and like they're still working out the kinks. But barring that, I think a lot of these are just like half measures. Because like you're going to have a laptop that doesn't really have anything in it and you, it's really only useful when you add your phone to it. I don't know. Those are like I've seen those shell concepts before. And yeah. 
I can appreciate them, but like, I don't think I would ever personally buy one. I don't, I don't think I would use them in my regular life. I think it's for people who either don't want to spend the money on a laptop. Their phone is good enough for most of the stuff they do. Not unlike Brian's conundrum about getting, you know, a, an inexpensive lap, lightweight laptop to cart, cart with them instead. There's a lot of people out there. They can do all of the stuff they need to do on a daily basis on their phone. So why not plug it into a keyboard and screen so you can enjoy a bigger experience sure. when you need to? So. Meh. Okay. From Yan, why didn't they launch this phone processor on their Galaxy Tab instead? Laptops uh, do require decent processing power to deliver expected user experience, after all. Uh, Matthew Datcher follows that up with, does the Galaxy Tab still exist? I mean, they just announced a new one, so yes, it still exists. The um, I think they there's the whole idea of this new processing platform is to have it run Windows. Uh, so since th- those tablets run, uh, I'm trying to look the, up what yeah, the, the processor is. The right Galaxy now. Tab is is an Android device, so it's still going to run Android. <laughs> right. um, and then these devices. So this I, again, like I said earlier, I think. This is sort of a follow-up to um, the Galaxy Book Two. Now, is there a Galaxy Book Three on the way? You know, the last, you know, when they announced the Book Two, that was October. So, for all I know, come October, there will be a Book Three that will be a tablet that runs Windows and has this uh, Qualcomm compute platform in it. Uh, so, by the way, the Tab S6 has a Snapdragon 855. Oh, well, so, there yeah. you go. It does yeah. have a mobile processor. In it. Yeah. So, no, yeah. you were right. All right. So. Um, I don't More know if questions? that answered the question. But. <laughs> yep, we got a few minutes left. Timothy says, I think Dex is a direct competitor with Chromebooks. Do you see Google making a response to this? Uh, <laughs> Maybe? My, my, yeah. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. No. My, my immediate response is Google don't give a... F- oh, but <laughs> thank you. I'm glad I told you not to curse ahead yeah, of the show. So, so. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think... Chrome is doing just fine on its own and doesn't and Google doesn't need to need help. Right. Yeah. Whereas like I also I often feel that Samsung throws a lot of spaghetti at the wall. They produce a lot of different kinds of devices for they all do. sorts of demographics, all sorts of markets, all sorts of price points. So that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they did come out with that new, you know, like tablet hybrid in, right. in October, because like, why not? Let's just see if we can get a few more customers for that. Um, but with Google, their their device lineup is is much more limited. I mean, like they've obviously grown it a lot more recently. But, yeah. um, you know, they got the Pixel phone. They've got, they you know, what did they, they did the Pixel book. Are they still even selling the Pixel book? They're selling it, but they're not making it. They discontinued it. But yeah. I mean, so, the thing is, is that they don't they don't need to. I mean, the hardware is almost sort of a and it's not quite an afterthought, but it doesn't ever seem like it's a priority to them. They're just showcasing. Yeah, they're using it as a showcase to say, hey, this is what our things can do now. Right. Um, yeah. And this way, they people get that pure Android experience or that pure Chrome OS experience. I mean, they're that's the thing. You can only get a Chrome OS experience. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, what are, I don't remember what the question was. I don't but know. Hopefully let's, we let's, answered it. Let's move on to a new one. 
Uh, do you think AMD and Intel are working on something with cellular modem to compete with Qualcomm? No, because Intel <laughs> just sold its cellular modem division to Apple. No, wait. That's the mobile processor division. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think it wasn't the mobile processor. No, division. it was the mobile. It was the mobile broadband. I yes. was right the first time. That, that is what they sold. That's right. Because Apple, as you corrected me earlier, already makes its own mobile processors. Yeah. So uh, Intel punted yet again. I think they got rid of their mobile business, their mobile uh, broadband business quite a few years back, and then they resurrected it. They had some successes, but ultimately, I think they were behind the eight ball on 5G, and they decided, you know what, we're just not going to be ready for this, and got rid of their business and sold it to Apple. Um, So Apple might end up becoming a viable competitor to Qualcomm at some point uh, when it comes to creating, you know, a system on a chip, which is, you know, a processor and and a mobile broadband together. But I think they're also going to need quite some time to work on it. Right. So I I mean, I... Intel's already got solutions for this stuff, um, so I don't know that. I think the thing of it is, is that you're going to still end up with the thing that Qualcomm's doing best is the battery life combined with the mobility. Um, so I don't know where Intel is on on that kind of thing. But yeah, well, you it was can, also like mentioned about AMD. So I don't know oh, if right. AMD is really doing much at all. Like I know they're they're definitely improving in the in the gaming world. They have. You know, they have their pockets of strength, but I don't know that mobile is one of them. Uh, it's not, but they're definitely working on it. And so it, it's um, AMD's always been one of those those background like, oh, what's there's it, they've got a lot of fans. It's basically what I'm getting at. And, you know, Intel's the the big and Qualcomm's the big for mobile and AMD is still there trying to. The underdog. Take both, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're doing a better job at it nowadays, so, yeah. yeah. Almost out of time, Datcher asks, they're running Windows on these phone processor laptops, correct? Are there any software compatibility issues using a phone processor with Windows software? Quite possibly. Um, we, again, we haven't tried this new laptop out yet. Uh, haven't tried the 8CX platform, so we don't know for sure. Um, ATX is the Qualcomm processor that's in the new Galaxy Book S, correct? Right, yeah. So what what has happened in the past ones that we've reviewed running the 835 and 850 was that there was occasionally some compatibility issues. Um, I don't think it's huge. Again, to your point earlier, a lot of this is a lot of what we're doing now is cloud-based and, you know, if you're running Chrome, you know, Chrome browser or some other browser and uh, you're doing everything in the cloud anyway, you're, you're probably not going to run into a lot of incompatibility issues, which who this is geared towards geared toward people who aren't necessarily downloading a bunch of software to use, you know, you're not buying this to run some legacy software, but yeah, it could totally happen. Yeah, and we'll totally, and we will yeah. be testing that out. So thanks for the yeah. question, Mr. Datcher. And the last one to go out on from Timothy: Since Qualcomm is going towards laptops, do you see cell carriers being more aggressive with their pricing for add-on plans? No, they're <laughs> <laughs> just going to take more money. Yeah, Verizon and AT and T will just gladly let you add uh, more uh, unlimited. Well, they've already. They've already figured that out with wearables, right? That like, you know, the LTE connection that you add into your Apple Watch 
or another smartwatch. So I feel like it would probably be treated similarly. Yeah, Is that right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's how that like, yeah, if you have LTE and you want to add the device, it's you know, you're adding the device, it's like 10 bucks a month or something. I yeah. don't know. Which is, I guess, competitive. If you look at over the course of a year, it's $120. And then if you keep the device and keep the LTE connection for five years, yeah, it starts to add up. It gets yeah. to become a pretty sizable chunk of the original price of the device. But at the same time, I, I agree with you. I don't yeah. think it's going to go lower than $10. No. They're just going to figure out a really nice add-on to be like, oh, it's just $10, no problem, and then kind of win in the long term, hoping that you maintain that uh, LTE connection for those additional devices. And I think, I don't know where I read it, so I might might have been our side or not, but uh, there was some study that said most people who have an LTE connection in their laptop don't use it. So they like buy an LTE enabled laptop and then never connect it. It's like that's like win win for the carriers (laughs) is that they get your money and you don't even use the surface. So I mean, and that's I think that comes down to it is like a lot of this stuff sounds super appealing. Like, oh, I'd like to have forever battery life and always on connection and something that turns on as soon as I open this, you know, laptop up. But I don't know how many people actually need that. Well, that's yeah, that's what I've been expressing for a lot of the show. And it's partly because my personal laptop is, in effect, a desktop. You know, you can move it upstairs, you can move it downstairs, but it rarely leaves my house. Right. I mean, it does sometimes, but on a day to day basis or on a week to week basis, it doesn't. So do I need an LTE connection for that? Um, No, No. I don't. So, But then again, there's, you know, who knows how many Samsung has to sell. I don't know if they only sell like a hundred thousand of these. Did that work for them? You know, do they need to sell millions of units to make this worthwhile? Like to get this. That's out a good there? question. So who knows? Yeah. Anyway, are uh, we are we done? We're done. Have on we to- finished on today's episode? Many dreams were born and many dreams were crushed. But all together, Josh, thank you for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. And uh, Ben, go ahead and send us on out. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Tag us online and let us know what you want to see on the show for The Daily Charge. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. I'm Josh Golden. Thanks for listening. 